Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcast at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like SEO 101, Affiliate Buds, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Download it from the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store today. Welcome to Domain Masters, the longest-running podcast where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. We discuss domains from many different perspectives, including the legal rights of owners and trademark holders, domain values, and monetization strategies. We show you how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business so you can gain favorable search engine rankings. We discuss power tools of the trade with the power players of the industry every week right here on Domain Masters. Please welcome your host. The following is an encore segment of Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts, and I'm your host. Tonight's theme, we're actually at the affiliate convention in, in Los Angeles. Tonight's guest is Morgan Linton. Uh, Morgan is, is uh, a gentleman I met here at the show for the first time uh, here at Affiliate Convention out in Los Angeles. He is the uh, president of Linton Investments, and uh, that is a Los Angeles-based uh, uh, firm. And he is, also, uh, the, he is also an active blogger since 2007, a domain investor himself, and he also has a, a television station targeted to, to the domain industry, DomainVestors.tv. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show Morgan Linton. Morgan, how you doing? Great, Victor. Thank you very much for having me here. Uh, Morgan, um, I think that uh, probably the best way to do uh, an interview such as this is is just to kind of uh, help people to understand, first of all, um, how you got involved in, in the domain name industry and uh, and if you could kind of like take that conversation and bring it uh, current. What are you doing here at the affiliate convention? What is the draw that brought you here to the affiliate convention? Great. Well, I actually got into domaining uh, through actually an alternative source, which was uh, I had some investment capital. I was looking to create a good investment vehicle for myself and was looking actually at real estate, but the real estate market was falling out. I was looking at actually doing land investment, which is one of the riskiest investments you can do, and realized this might not be the safest place to put my money. It was around that time uh, I discovered some of the uh, domaining blogs out there, and I realized, hey, people are making money with domain names. And my background was in uh, web design and development. Uh, my educational background is in engineering. I said, okay, I get this because I've done SEO for a long time. I understand that. And I understand the idea of monetizing domain names. So I actually took all the money that I was going to invest in real estate and I put it all in domain names. Uh, in doing that, I think I did the classic thing that anybody does when they get into this industry, which is uh, I bought some great domains and also some not so great domains. And really, uh, over the first year of my business, 
what I was really trying to develop is, well, I thought all of these were the best idea in the world. It turns out some aren't, but it turns out that some actually have really incredible uh, potential for monetization. And so what I did is I actually started a blog uh, about three months after starting my company. The blog started in October of 2007. It was originally called domainflipblog.com. My idea was I want to actually document what I'm doing to monetize domains. I have this background in SEO. I understand that, hey, if I can get this ranked on the first page of Google, I can get some organic traffic coming to the sites. Uh, and I found very quickly I was able to do that. I was able to monetize. And, you know, when I came into the industry, I was looking at it with a fresh set of eyes because I saw everybody parking. And I looked at these parking pages and I said, well, wait a second, with my background in development, why are people doing this? This is, you're giving away all of your money because you're actually having to pay the parking network. You're not getting paid directly. I'm going to go direct with Google. I want to actually develop sites on my own. And that was really at a time where people were still really focused on parking. And I think I looked at it with a fresh perspective and I wrote that on my blog and got a pretty positive reception right away from people saying, oh, wait a second, I can actually turn to alternative sources from parking. I can develop content-rich sites rather than necessarily link-rich sites and monetize those domains. Um, you, so you came from the real estate background. Uh, how do you, oftentimes you hear domains are compared to, the, to real estate. Um, some others compare it to the stock market. Uh, the truth is probably somewhere in between. But, you know, what are the similarities or the dissimilarities between uh, virtual real estate and, and real estate? Uh, what is your opinion on that? It's a great question. Um, yeah, there are a lot of similarities because domain names really are online real estate. Um, I think uh, some of the similarities are that uh, in the end, and this is an example I always use. I actually wrote a, uh, a book uh, pretty soon into a lot of my experimenting talking about what I did, and I use real estate as the example, I consider a domain name to be undeveloped land. There's unlimited potential there, and actually the quality of the keywords in your domain, I think, dictates the neighborhood that your land exists in. So if I buy some land in Beverly Hills, that's like having a generic keyword domain. There is, if I put a site on that, I have really strong potential. If I'm out somewhere in the middle of Maine, like where I was looking for land, hey, maybe not as valuable, but if I can build a really high-quality site on it, then there's some good potential there. And so I think one of the biggest similarities there is the same thing is true with land and domains. It's location, location, location. With domains, the location is the quality of your keywords. With land, it's actually the quality of the neighborhood that you're located within. You mentioned that uh, some, like like everyone else, you you've made some good acquisitions and you made some some bad ones. Um, from where you sit now, what, how do you determine what is a good domain and what is a bad one? Yeah, it's a really great question. Something I think that uh, the best way to learn is to learn the hard way. Uh, I think what ends up happening in the beginning is you register domains that resonate with you. You look at, hey, this is something that I'm interested. In. I remember one of the first worst domain names I ever bought that I thought was genius was I want a Segway.com. And I thought, well, Segway is going to buy this thing in a second. Why wouldn't they? Everyone that wants a Segway is going to go to it. Uh, I think what you end up learning over time is it really depends on what you're doing with the domain. For me, I'm monetizing. So my best friend in the entire world is the Google AdWord keyword tool because I look at how many monthly searches a generic keyword is getting. And for me, I consider myself a bit TLD agnostic. I actually, my portfolio right now, the domains I make the most money from right now are .us domains. 
They're not .com domains. And I also have a huge stake in my portfolio in .in and .co.in. My best type-in traffic domains are .co.in names. I actually registered cricketgames.co.in was the first Indian domain name that I registered, and I was getting traffic to that with a one-page landing page right away, but it's because of those keywords. So for me, when I'm looking at monetization, it's those keywords, and whether it's a generic or long tail, I'm really focused on, hey, if I can get keywords that I know people are searching for, and I can put a good content-rich site on there, I know there's some value. So regardless of the TLD, you end up doing well in the search engines just because you've got those good keywords and getting the things like the, the Google exact match bonus benefit, you know, from those TLDs and it's able to, or those domains, and it's able to overcome the, um, the, the, the perspective of there being a, uh, or point of view of there being a .com, .net bias? Yeah, well, actually, my best example for this is I went nuts with the stimulus check trend. It was a huge, lucrative trend for me in uh, 2008, and uh, stimuluscheck.us uh, ranked in Yahoo higher than the irs.gov website about stimulus checks. And so for me, that proved it, and it ranked above stimuluscheck.com as well. And so that, for me, was one of the first real proofs of, wow, the guy that owns stimuluscheck.com he doesn't rank as well as me. I know for a fact he's not making as much money as me, and I'm outranking the IRS on Yahoo. I think there's something there. Absolutely. Um, so now you, you have a, a, a portfolio of about how many names? I have about 600 domain names right now. And and how is it that you're monetizing them? Because you, you're, you're not following the traditional domainer. Uh, methodology of, of just putting them on PPC ads, you know, parking them and putting them on PPC. As I understand it, you actually are developing um, all, if not, or some, if not all, of your, your properties out, uh, starting with the un, undeveloped land and you're putting stuff on it. And, and how then are you monetizing it? Yeah, so actually, right now, what I have is uh, out of the 600, I have 120 or so names that are developed. Uh, I have someone that consults with us who has a master's in journalism who writes our content. Uh, we actually do all the research ourselves. We become experts in subject areas and actually look, hey, when we're developing a site, we look at who's on the front page in Google, what information are they giving, and how can we make a site that's actually even more useful? Because at the end of the day, and I've, I've talked about this on my blog a lot before, uh, we want to create uh, much more a destination than a click-through. Because a parking page is always you go to that site and then you just click on a link to go somewhere else. For us, we want to be that destination. So you get there, you read the content, and you go, cool, this is actually useful information. The stimulus check names gave people a lot of information. We have contact forms. We follow up with people that go to our sites. The monetization that we do uh, really has been it started out with AdSense and quickly moved to affiliate. And that's really one of the reasons why I'm here now, which is that about 60% of our revenue comes from uh, affiliate programs and 40% from AdSense, except the dollars we're getting in from AdSense are declining, I think, like everybody's seeing. And so we're looking for increasing uh, our affiliate plays there. And, you know, I think that a conference like this is actually a great place to see new opportunities, and there's a lot happening in that space. But that, I think, is one of the keys. If you look at how domaining has changed from a monetization standpoint, it's gone from parking to development with AdSense, and now I think there's an unbelievable convergence between the domaining market and the affiliate market because domainers are saying, well, I'm not making the same money I was with AdSense. I'm losing a big chunk here. Hey, where can I get that revenue? And affiliate marketing is, is absolutely, I think, the way to go. What are the key aspects for choosing a good uh, domain name for an affiliate 
uh, type of business because, you know, affiliate type businesses kind of fall in certain profiles. Some kinds of some types of businesses work well in affiliate in an affiliate type of uh, uh, market environment, and, and some don't. So, how do, how do you which, which affiliate markets do you find uh, work best? Are easiest to monetize in, and and how do you choose a domain for one of those marketplaces? So yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, I was actually at a seminar yesterday, and they were they were talking about really the same concept. And you really want to go where the money is, go where where people are actually spending money online. Uh, retail is big, the auto sector is big, travel is big. Travel's been hit pretty hard this year, but I do have a lot of travel related domain names that do really well. I'm launching a, a new brand actually uh, around travel as well. Um, and, you know, I really think what you have to do is you have to find, uh, obviously, a domain that has a keyword that's being searched. So you know that you're getting traffic there, but also products that are going to convert. So I think what a lot of people fail to do is they'll put up a site and they'll just put some random affiliate links on there or some random banner ads. And they don't think about the fact that, hey, someone's coming to my site. What content am I giving them that's actually useful to them? And once they look at that content, how are they going to take action? And that's the biggest thing is people want to develop, develop, develop. And one of the things I've been saying over and over is rather than trying to develop those 120 domains we've developed, we've developed those over two years. We don't develop 100 domains a weekend. I think a lot of people get very anxious and they say, well, I just, I just want the money now. I have so many domains. I'm not making money. I don't want to let them drop. And the thing is you actually have to go through and figure out what is your visitor looking for because you're not designing a click-through page. You're designing a destination, and a destination should provide the content and should provide useful resources. And I think that's the biggest thing is to look at, hey, look at the other sites on Google. What are they doing? What are the other top sites on Google doing? What products are they selling? And use a tool like the Google AdWord uh, keyword tool or a word tracker and find out, okay, somebody that's searching for these keywords, what are the related keywords they're looking at? Those are similar products. I think word tracker uses in their own... Um, uh, help documents. They talk about, hey, if you're trying to build a site about chocolate, how you can use their tool to find out, well, what are the other relevant search terms related to chocolate? Those are relevant products you could sell as well. And as long as you're hitting in a sector where people are spending money, then I think you've got a good model there. You've also got a, um, you've got a real interest in, in rich media. And uh, you've, you've now created your a website that is targeting, uh, targeted to the domain industry. Uh, using internet television, if you will, or, or, or video. Um, how did you get into that? And tell us a little bit about uh, domain vesting. Uh, is it domain vesting or domain vesting? Domain vesters. Uh, dot com. Dot TV. Dot TV. Okay, I really butchered the heck out of that one. Uh, okay, uh, but but anyway, tell us uh, how how you got into that, and and what's your thought process for using um, rich media, you know, online. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting. In the, in the domaining world, we're very .dot-com uh, focused. I think so. It's hard to think of a. Of a that's okay. It's 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 hard to think of a brand on TV because you go, well, "What are you crazy? You're developing a brand on TV. Well, everyone's going to come." I'm not looking for type in traffic. I'm actually looking for relevant related traffic on search. And uh, for me, with rich media, this was an evolution that I saw uh, really hitting all of us like a ton of bricks. And they've been saying it a lot at the uh, convention. One of the speakers yesterday actually said, "You know, we are exiting." the Google generation and entering the YouTube generation. And I think one of the really interesting uh, actual fact points that he had was that uh, in the past six months, more content has been added to YouTube than the top networks have added, uh, actually produced, in the past 60 years. And so what's happening is I, I really felt like 
There's a fundamental change in the way that people are receiving their content online. And people are getting much more comfortable. And actually, it's the same thing that's happening with social media. They're trusting more YouTube videos. They're trusting people that are, are posting out on Twitter and on Facebook. Those are becoming more reliable sources than these information sites. And so that's a huge shift that I see for domain name investing. I feel like there's a lot of people that we could bring into the industry. We're always looking for innovative people that are really on the cutting edge. I think that's one of the great things about Domain. We have a lot of really passionate people that are willing to embrace new technologies. And YouTube has created this incredible shift online to people actually wanting to receive their content rather than sitting there and reading it, actually viewing it. If you look at sites like CNET and Engadget or any of these guys, people like product reviews now that are actual videos. People want hotel reviews. I'm doing a site with hotel reviews that are all video. You can't have a review on there unless it's a video because I think that there's a big group of people and it's getting bigger every single day. And it goes back to that quote, you know, moving from the Google generation to the YouTube generation. It's that content moving from text and moving to video so that when I want to read the news for the day or I want to find out about a new product or a review of a technology product I'm looking at, I want to have someone just give me a video review. I can click on it, get a two-minute review, and I'm done. That's a shift, and I really wanted to show on my blog that that's the direction I'm going. And so I think those videos have really helped me connect with a much larger audience. What I'd like to do now is if you could tell people how they can uh, find out more about you, your firm, and uh, uh, how they can uh, uh, learn more about your, your television program and kind of track what's going on there. Great. Well, thanks, Victor. Once again, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's really a pleasure to be here. I've listened to the show many times, so very cool to be on here. And, yeah, if you want to find out more about the company, uh, it's Linton Investments, L-I-N-T-O-N, investments.com. Uh, if you want to read my blog, watch my blog, find out about the TV show, that's domainvestors.tv, not domain investors, but domain investors. That's the brand. It's on .tv, not on .com, embracing that rich media content. And, yeah, once again, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Morgan, for being on tonight's show. Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 18th Annual International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked web award site. 
Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 30th, 2014. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the Entrepreneur Effect. On demand anytime. Inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The following is an encore segment of Domain Masters. Uh, tax time creates uh, headaches for domain name owners, especially those with large portfolios. Uh, we, sure, we know we need to report parking income on our tax returns, but how do we account for purchases and registrations and sales? If you ask your CPA, you'll probably get a blank stare. Sandra K. Brooks is a uh, certified public account- accountant uh, located in California. After graduating the most outstanding student of the School of Business and Economics at California State University, Ms. Brooks works for Ernst & Young, one of the big five international CPA firms. There she obtained accounting and auditing experience and worked for Fortune 500 companies and startups alike. Since then, Ms. Brooks has worked as the chief uh, financial officer and board member of several corporations in the Internet and in the service industries. Under her leadership, these companies have transformed from startups to successful ongoing businesses and acquisitions. Ms. Brooks has also managed her own tax and accounting practice for nine years, consulting for individual and corporate clients and industries such as advertising, e-commerce, entertainment, and staffing. Um, Sandy, or it's, can I call you Sandy, or are you on the line? Sure, Sandy's great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Sandy, I understand you've been in the domain business since 1998. Uh, I'd like to welcome you tonight to uh, Domain Masters and uh, ask you a few questions about uh, uh, you know, how you got in, in this business to begin with, and let's hone in on some of the things uh, specific at, uh, about the domain industry as it pertains to taxes. So I'll start with the first question. How did you get interested in domain taxes? Well, as, as you just said, um, I've been in domaining since 1998. Actually, my husband's a domainer, and um, I have, um, while I had my tax practice and, and um, involved in, in other businesses, I've been dabbling in domains with him. And um, he's a member of a couple of domain boards, um, and I've, I've advised others on domain taxation in addition to preparing our own uh, domain business taxes over the years. Um, and um, on, on these boards, um, there occasionally comes up questions re- related to domain taxation. And um, so my husband has um, asked me questions, and I've helped uh, to post um, some answers. Um, and um, back in December, just this past December, uh, there was a one such post, and it made me think that there really is a desperate need for a domain taxation guide um, because there were a lot of answers that came up that were very contradictory, 
and um, there there's a lot of bad tax advice out there on the internet and um, I just thought it was really um, due for for this industry and um, so it was just back in December that I decided to write it which is a little late for this tax season if I would have thought about it earlier I would have liked to have it out in the fall um, so I did spend uh, the the better part of January researching and analyzing and, and writing the guide Right. Is the domain industry being as a virtual property oftentimes here compared to uh, to real estate, which has its own tax implications? But is is the domain industry? I mean, is it uh, is it is it much different from other industries and from a tax perspective? Well, it is. It's very unique in that um, it's it's unique in, in one aspect, and that is that there is there's no guidance out there. The IRS does not mention. Uh, domaining industry, uh, certainly, and, and domains in general, internet domain names are not mentioned anywhere in the um, IRS tax code. And um, I only found one reference in, in all of the IRS literature to domain names, and that was on an e-commerce um, audit guide for their auditors. Uh, I stumbled across that. And um, it, it was just a, a very quick mention of internet domain names. And, and like I say, it doesn't have anything to do with the, the domaining industry, which is very different from um, how you handle domain names if you're um, an offline industry or, or an e-commerce industry. Right. Um, what are some business. of the general areas that you get into into the book, some things that domainers would, uh, should be considering? Right. Um, well, I, I do spend a good deal of time thoroughly analyzing um, domain name expenses and um, expenditures and, and how they're handled. Um, and um, I... I uh, like I say, spend a lot of time analyzing that, a lot of the theory behind it, and a lot of um, uh, references to tax codes um, and, and how it applies it to the domaining industry. And um, so I, um, you know, it, based on whether you're, I, I kind of break them out and uh, break domainers out into three different groups, whether you're a domain dealer, a domain monetizer, or a domain developer, um, you do handle your domain expenditures and your domain sales differently. And um, that will depend on whether you expense your domain name costs as, as they come or whether you depreciate them or amortize them or record them as inventory. It's amazing. As you, as you say, most people were just going to, you know, they, they just don't know how to do it and they would just treat it as an expense and write it off, but it may not be in their right. best interest to do it that way. No, it isn't. It seems like it is at, at the time because it does reduce your tax um, burden in that year, but it, it can cause uh, problems in the future when you go to uh, sell a domain name and can't get the capital gains, um, favorable tax rates, and things like that. So it's, it's very important to um, to analyze your to analyze the industry and to analyze your business and determine what what you are really doing with your domaining business and and how you should go about um, your. Uh, preparing your tax return. And and the guide was written to um, help domainers, whether they prepare their own tax returns from scratch, whether they use a tax program, or whether they use a tax preparer. Okay. Um, with the, you know, escalating prices of, of some of the domains in, in the industry and within, the, you know, the, the growth of the uh, aftermarket, um, you know, people are paying, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars for portfolio. How is this having an impact on, on the, from an accounting perspective uh, uh, versus uh, the person who has a, a mixed portfolio, let's say, of you know, doing some um, developing of some sites, some small domain names they're paying retail type prices? How does it change things then once they start dabbling in the more expensive names? 
Well, um, it, it, it does change things in that, um, you know, uh, if, if you're just buying um, domains at, um, at the uh, registration fee, at the, at the current year's registration fee, um, then you can go ahead and expense that and, and still um, get your favorable capital, capital gains treatment later on um, because that's just a registration fee for the year. When you're buying aftermarket, at aftermarket rates, um, that's, that's when, when things do change and that's when you really need to uh, come up with a, a tax strat- strategy. And like I say, um, there is, there's no guidance uh, from the IRS specifically for this industry. And um, so you really do need to, um, you need to analyze, you need to, um, I, I've come up with, um, with very strong conclusions on how I think uh, you should record your domain uh, purchases. And I've, you know, I've uh, put that in the book, but it is still a gray area. And so, you know, the most important thing is to make sure that you are consistent from year to year. Um, which is sometimes tough for domainers who have been in um, the industry for a while and they haven't been doing things quite the right way. And mm-hmm. so they need to um, consider um, going back and amending some tax returns so that they can get favorable tax treatment in the future and be consistent. Within the um, uh, the accounting uh, accounting profession, are there is it changing now as a result of some of these new uh, technologies and, and the internet and domain names in terms of some of the uh, you know training and so forth coming out of the business schools on this, or is this is this something that uh, uh, you just develop it you know as as you go, or is, or is there actually some difference and there's some uh, some add-ons in the certification now for in accounting to deal with uh, intellectual property and, and that type of thing. You know, there, there's no, there, there have been no changes um, so far, but um, I, I imagine there will be in the coming years. Just as there, there probably won't be any tax law uh, changes to the code specifically related to the domaining industry. There, there will be some references coming up related to e-commerce and, and to do, Internet domain names in general. And, um, and then there will be some, unfortunately, some audits and uh, tax court cases that will determine how future uh, domainers and future um, people in e-commerce will, uh, will treat domains. Okay. Do you do anything with uh, setting up offshore businesses and, and how, you know, the tax... Uh, tax uh, situations or considerations there? No, I don't. Per- I personally shy away from that. Um, I um, I think that it's only for a select few, um, and I, I know that it, that uh, it makes sense for for some domainers. Um, I, I believe that you should be making a lot of money domaining in order to consider that. You also have to consider the fact that uh, you need to be mobile yourself, and and will probably need to to move. And um, and then you also want to make sure that you get the right advisor, uh, get the right the right attorney to to work with, and and pay that person um, what they're asking for because there are a lot of shady organizations out there that are are trying to get your money and um, will not be looking out for your best interest. Right. So I, I do. I personally, like I say, shy away from that. I don't, I think it's not for most people, but it is for some people. Right. Is there any need for an advocacy or lobbying um, organization in regards to tax laws for domainers? I believe there will be the need for that. Um, right now, um, I think it might still be a little premature, um, just because of the fact that there there is no um, there are no references um, to the our industry with the IRS, and so right now it is a gray area, and it is. Um, 
kind of open to interpretation and and any reasonable uh, policy that you have for for the recording of your domain name um, expenses and income um, will be will be looked at um, uh, with you know will be looked at uh, with the fact that they don't um, they they don't have any guidance out there. So you know, as long as you're reasonable, you're consistent, and and you document your your um, your plan and your policy, I think um, it's better not to have that uh, advocacy right now. But right. I do believe there there will be the need for it in the future. Definitely. And do you see uh, domains uh, being equated to assets? Well, yes, I, I believe domains are assets, and um, I know that that there are people out there that uh, that don't believe that they're assets. They don't believe that you really own them. Um, but definitely, I I, um, I do go through the analysis to uh, make a strong case for that in my guide as well. Okay, fantastic. And how can someone find your guide? Where is where is it located at? It's at uh, domaintaxguide.com. Okay, and you can purchase it online there. It's an ebook. And it's $79. Fantastic. So it's a uh, download uh, PDF after they've gone through the cart and, and made the purchase. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Is it available to them immediately or is it emailed like, you know, overnight? It's, it's emailed um, within 24 hours, usually much sooner than that. Okay. Is there any updates or anything to the book after? Yes, you get- I um, include quarterly updates in, in that um, and. Um, haven't done my first update yet, um, but uh, will be coming out in April, and I do expect that to um, to be a significant source of um, of information for everyone who's read my book and who's purchased the book. Because I, I do believe that as as we do start seeing some tax court cases, um, everyone will need to be kept abreast of what's going on in the industry. And I do also in the guide, it's it's more than just talking about domain names themselves. It's talking about um, Setting up your business. Um, a lot of people who are in the domaining industry um, are brand new to business in general, and so it's um, the, the, all the decisions of whether to incorporate or not, uh, corporations versus LLCs, and um, cash method versus accrual method, and, and record keeping, and, and everything as it as it relates to the domaining industry. Cindy, is this your first book that you've written? This is my first book, but actually since then I've, I've written another book, and it's the Internet Tax Guide, and it, it basically is for um, e-commerce um, industry. And is that one complete already? It is. And where can it's they find uh, the Internet? It's internettaxguide.com. <laughs> okay. It's internettaxguide.com, yes. Okay. It's a great uh, domain name, too. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, is there um, anything else that you can tell us that uh, perhaps uh, people should should know and uh and give them a good reason to, to, you know, other than the things we talked about, that they should uh, research and learn more about uh, taxation as it pertains to the domain name uh, or reason to go buy uh, this book and, and download it because it would have it all there at their, their fingertips. What would be the three reasons, if you will, that someone should uh, learn more or go buy that book? Okay. Well, I think um, one reason um, is that, you're responsible for the accuracy of your tax return. That sounds very obvious, but um, uh, I'm sure that some of your listeners out there have uh, gone to their accountants and um, brought either a shoebox full of receipts or a quick and <laughs> printout and um, had very little discussion and then come back in a week or so and signed a tax return and put it in the mail. And um, I've, I know that because I've had a lot of clients do that over the years myself. And um, 
these are these are smart business people who would spend hours reviewing and negotiating and and revising a contract and would never think of, of signing their name to a a check without verifying the the amount on the check. But um, for some reason, with taxes, people think that they just need to sign it and get it out in the mail. And um, it really, you could be paying too much or too little, and and both are are dangerous. And um, it's it's just important for you to know what's going on with your own taxes. And likewise, um, tax experts are not experts in your industry. And um, so if you're using a tax preparer, uh, you and your tax preparer are a team, and you need to teach them all about the industry. And um, I know that most tax preparers in the country have never even heard of the domaining industry, um, and um, many of them that have really don't know too much about it. And and so since uh, the domainers are the experts in their industry, they need to, to teach their accountants and, and be a team with their accountants so that they can come up with a, a goal for it, for their tax planning. All and, right. um, well, then I think folks. the final thing is that there are absolutely no rules in the U.S. tax code, like I said, related to domains. So just, just make sure that um, uh, you come up with some conclusions on how you want to treat it, make sure it's reasonable, consistent, and, and document your policy. Fantastic. Well, Sandy, I definitely appreciate you uh, joining us tonight on the Domain Masters and sharing with us a little insight to uh, taxation, how it affects the domain industry, things that people should be considering. And you've uh, you've definitely gave us uh, plenty of uh, good food for thought. Uh, I'd like to uh, encourage everybody to learn more about this subject. If you're if you are in the domain business, if you're making part of your living all from uh, domain names, whether it be uh, monetizing them uh, or developing them or, you know, uh, using them as a dealer, you know, you're a dealer, you're selling them, you're investing in them, uh, then you really need, and you owe it to yourself to uh, make sure that you get it right and that you don't leave any money on the table uh, from a tax perspective. So, you know, learn more, get some more information. Um, exactly. I've heard good things about and the domain tax guide. thank you for having guide. me, Victor. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I've heard good things about the uh, Domain Tax Guide, and some of the comments that I've heard is it's uh, uh, easy to read despite being read by an accountant. So, you know, great job on that, uh, uh, Sandy. And, again, we really appreciate you being on Domain Master here tonight and sharing with us some uh, very pertinent information for this time of year. Great. Thank you very much. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.